Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. sun's going down in midnight Texas and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Midnight Texas series. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're reading chapters 7 through 13 of Day Shift, the second book in the Midnight Texas series. Previously, they're building a hotel in Midnight in the ho- Sorry, no, I'm doing this badly. Here we go. Previously, they're building a hotel in Midnight and the locals are perplexed. On the one hand, tourism is great for a local economy. On the other hand, the town's dark secrets. I mean, you can only stash so many bodies in the usual spot before people start to notice. <laughs> also, Manfred Bernardo takes his show on the road and runs straight into multiple suspicious deaths. You almost have to wonder if it's just a him thing? <laughs> At least one of the murders has followed him home, though. Uh, I guess no one in particular is upset about the victim. It's her jewels that everyone is after, and the mysterious water bottle that has conveniently disappeared. <gasps> Excellent. Yeah. Chapter 7. Point of view, Olivia. She's very upset with all the press attention on Manfred. Yeah, she doesn't like people uh, people being around. She's going out for a snack, and then the house is swarming with press. Uh, this is... I, I feel like for a person in her line of work, whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, reporters are bad for business, you know? She's really good at computers. <laughs> That's true. That's her skill. <laughs> and so is Manfred, I guess? What's Googling, right? Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, Bobo's got her number, though, that she killed those people in Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's funny because, like, like, like clockwork, everyone just gathers in the pawn shop. It's just like, as soon as there's something happening, they're like, oh, time for a town meeting. Mm-hmm. No, they don't even have to call it, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, the Rev is there. The Rev is there along with this new mystery boy and Fiji. Uh, Mr. Snugly introduces himself to the boy whose name is Diedrich. Uh, a totally normal name for a kid. He's very mysterious and he says something, he like smells something that the Reverend verifies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he smelling uh-huh. maybe um, Lemuel or something? Uh, Lemuel's not. Yeah, but he lives downstairs below oh. the pawn shop. He works in the pawn shop. He smells Lemuel having been there. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. He smells like a really handsome store proprietor. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was maybe like a, oh man, this is going to be really, like, like Fiji saw Bobo and he smelled some reaction or something. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man, you know? And the rabbit's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot here. <laughs> it's like Perrin in Wheel of Time. He's got his, like, wolf senses. Maybe he's a wolf. Yeah, oh, maybe he's a wolf. Yeah. Maybe He does have the weird eyes, right? He's got the purple eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's funny that uh, Bobo and Fiji are like, hey, kid, you know, you're welcome to visit any time. And Olivia's like, I would like to take you bow hunting. <laughs> like she was racking her brain for things that like kids like to do. And she's like, that's where she landed, I guess. What, what would I have liked to do when I was that age? Let's go hunting. I mean, if you were an 11 year old boy, doesn't the idea of going bow hunting with a cool older woman sound amazing? With a very attractive older woman. Yes. Honestly, yes. Hell yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sign me up. I would get up at 5 a.m. for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Olivia thinks back to the first time she came to midnight. She just had some sort of job past the pawn shop and met Lemuel. Yeah, a little history there. Yeah, so we, we're learning a little more about her. The Rev is anxious to see Lemuel, who is in New York, trying to find a translator for those books. So we don't know anything about these books, right? No, just that Lemuel's been looking for them for a long time. Bobo had them and didn't realize Lemuel was looking for them, and they're in a language that Lemuel is not familiar with. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
Labiole is 150 years old, something like something that? Something like that, yeah. Uh, how many languages does he know? That's a good question. Well, he's been living in Midnight for 100 years. I was going to say, yeah. like, a, a language he doesn't know. I mean, like... He's Spanish, right? Spanish yeah. and Texan, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, but, but yeah, he's, he's, he's got to get those books translated somewhere. They might just be in, like, you know, German, I guess. I don't know. They, I, I assume they're just, like, manuals for the remote control on his TV, and he hasn't been able to... Get, on, get CNN on for like 10 years. I mean, to him that might be magic, right? Yeah, right. He's old. He doesn't know how this stuff right, works. Let's find someone who can translate this. <laughs> and he only has the French language version of the instructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think it's funny that they, they kind of all agree that uh, something needs to be done about this and everyone decides that Olivia is the one who has to deal with it because she's a uh, thief. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, she kind of agrees because she also realizes that no one else here is capable of dealing with, you know, situations. Yeah. The Rev orders Olivia to find Rachel's mi- missing jewelry so people will leave Manfred and Midnight alone. Yeah. 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 To protect Midnight and also the kid because he doesn't want the kid to get any attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're all kind of wondering what the deal is with this kid. Yeah. Everybody's wondering. Joe seems to know what he is and like the kid is aging quicker than normal. Yeah, okay. I, I assumed he was a were-tiger. Is that a thing about wares? I don't remember this being a thing with wares. That they grow extra fast? Yeah. Well, well tigers, you know, animals, they, they mature super fast, right? The were- true. That's true. Tiger grows to mat- I don't know about were-tigers. A regular tiger grows to maturity in like one or two years, right? Yeah. Oh. I mean, horses, you drop them and they... They come out of their mom and they just have to start walking. That's true. So, I don't That's know. True. <laughs> you hold the saddle by the mom so that comes the horse comes right out of you. <laughs> right around. And wrap it around. Yeah. They're good yeah, to I'm go. Pretty sure how that's work. That's how that works. Yeah, pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chapter eight, Olivia speaks with Manfred about finding the jewelry. They kind of discuss why Lewis has it in for Manfred and figure out that the jewelry must be hidden in Rachel's house somewhere. Yeah, they I guess uh Olivia's there to gather intel and Apparently, Manfred not only visited the house, but has memorized the layout of the house. For yeah, and not like, at all suspicious. I, I don't know anything about you know thievery or assassination, but here's the exact layout of everywhere I went, and here's where I think the most likely hiding place for those jewels are. <laughs> and he draws a map for her. Yeah, okay. He literally draws a map. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Olivia just wants to deal with this the way that she knows best, which is killing everyone involved and being done with it, but... Apparently Manfred's not yeah. cool with that. Manfred's like, yeah, you're like, I, I don't, just don't think we should kill the guy. And she's like, what, what, why? Why should we not kill him? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, th- it seems like that's all the problem, right? He wouldn't? <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, the mom dying did not solve a problem. It created problems, right? Well, that's just because nobody was there to make it look like an accident. Uh, wait, I guess it was... The mom dying was an accident. <laughs> 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 Whoopsie. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Nobody was there to murder her and make it look like an accident. It's true. It was, it was not a convincing enough accident. Yeah, it was yeah. the wrong kind of accident. It was her dead husband went through the psychic, went into Rachel, took her soul, took it back out. Yeah. 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 Natural sweet. death. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, given that Manfred won't let her just kill the guy, she's going to handle things the hard way, which I guess is, uh, you know, solving a mystery. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 9 is from the point of view of Joe Strong. Diedrich has a weird accent. Fiji has kind of adopted him. So Joe Strong does not recognize this accent? No. That's weird. Why? Because this guy screams angel, right? Oh, Joe wait. Strong. Really? You think he's an angel? 
Absolutely. That's, Joe and Chewie are both angels. That's what I... I'm, wait, what? I've never been more sure of anything in my life. I'm looking at Alex. <laughs> see if your face reveals anything. Because you know. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm curious. What's, what's, your, uh, what's your supporting evidence? Well, the main thing is that Halloween party where... where they Man, both dressed as angels. Where they both like, dressed as angels. And Manfred was like, those are very realistic looking wings that they flew in here on. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, forgot. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Throughout this chapter, Joe thinks about how he can see dead people all the time. Mm. Yeah. And he like he even lists them like there's that dead person this there's this dead person this homeless guy that walks around all the time you know no one was up that just normal yeah but, so but that, I think it's funny that Joe and Chewie immediately leap at the opportunity to take advantage of the time honored tradition of unpaid child labor they're like <laughs> come on over kid we can put you to work in our shop for zero money <laughs> I think anything is better than hanging out with the rev though it's probably just like sitting in that bare church looking at each other I yeah. cannot imagine that the rev knows anything about how to take care of a kid. Yeah. Uh, I think they even mentioned the fact that uh, he's dirty, like he like he hasn't had a bath or changed clothes. I assume that's he, he, he's not dirty. He just that's what he looks like after the rev licks him down. Oh <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. He's like I I just gave him a bath. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Diedrich doesn't have a weird accent. He's just got like a hairy tongue. For me. <laughs> oh. They go to home cooking. Uh, Madonna really wants somebody to take over at the Gas and Go. Teacher's been working there full time. Yeah, uh, because the previous uh, people who ran the Gas and Go yeah. had their kid murdered, and then for some reason didn't want to stick around. <laughs> huh? I mean, it's, it's not murder. It was a public execution. <laughs> oh, I, is, sure. Is that not a murder? I mean, I guess morally, maybe. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, we're we're. Where does a murder become an execution? There wasn't exactly a trial, right? An execution yeah. can still be a murder. Yeah, true. I think yeah. it is. I mean, I think it's implied that the community got together and did it, but there was some, there was, some, there was a proceeding. That did, they, they had did, a meeting. They, they were did. circling the idea. <laughs> yeah, remember. Who was the one who went in there and broke his neck? Yeah, exactly. I don't think everyone was like on board with, it's time to kill this kid, but Lemuel was like, let's just do this. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Everybody else was kind of tiptoeing around. Yep. But uh, I guess uh, that's how that worked out anyway. Yep. Um, the kid also mentions that uh, his people age differently than others. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever he is, the kid's aware of the fact that he's not uh, a normal person. Everybody who comes to this goddamn town has to have a mystery. I know, right? Yeah. Also, uh, he mentions how he really likes the town because it doesn't have many people and you can see danger coming, which is, an- yeah. again, totally normal kid The terrain thing. is flat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Totally normal kid thoughts. And they dodge some reporters coming in. Chapter 10, we're back at Olivia. She's in Dallas. She gets past Rachel's housekeeper, Bertha, by pretending to be a home health care representative. Yeah, I think this is hilarious. She just like, just bluffs her way in without any, <laughs> yeah. like, she's so confident. It's kind of a D&D plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's walk, walking and holding a phone saying, I'm with the phone company. And everyone's like, okay, sure. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, Mrs. Goldthorpe hired me. I'm, I'm here. And they're like, oh, she's dead. Oh, that's a shame. Can I look upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she, it works. Yeah, yeah, she bullies slash lies her way into meeting Rachel's daughter, Anel. Uh, she gets to search Rachel's restroom, but not anything else. Yep. Uh, no, no, no good discoveries there, right? No. As she's leaving, Lewis confronts her. He's an enormous asshole. Uh, <laughs> it's, I think it's funny that she only just barely resists the urge to kill him, like, on the spot. She's like... Ah, oh, I really want to kill him. Yeah, she she oh. would have, except the gardener was watching. Yeah. 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 I mean, look at the guy. He's basically begging for it, right? Uh, although, I mean, I guess I always side with the bad guys in these books, but Lewis is right. 
she's there to steal the jewels. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, but he's a jerk. <laughs> he's a jerk. But he's, he's right about her. She's not who she says she is. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. But but also, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like, g- given how quickly she jumps to murder, though, like, you get a, you can have get a feeling like how crowded this body spot must be. I, in the I'm night. starting to figure out why they're. There are so few people living in midnight. <laughs> That's right. Beat me to the joke. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> there used to be like the population just kept like slowly ticks down over time. People keep dying of quote unquote natural causes. The yeah. front of the book says like population 216. Olivia's yeah. killed 206 of them. Everything. There's like, where has everybody gone? <laughs> The usual place. (laughs) The usual place. Uh, Anel comes out and argues with Lois. He wants to move from the pool house into the main house and she won't let him. And there's a gardener who they keep bringing up, an unnamed gardener, who's just kind of like hanging around this whole time listening to it and just Mm -hmm. being there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's... Yeah. She does does make a point of it. Yeah. Yeah. But Olivia decides she's going to go back to the house that night after everyone leaves. And um, she thinks more about the house, she mu- how much she regrets not killing Lewis. She thinks about it like two other times. She does. Yeah. But it looks like the gardener is Bertha's son. Meanwhile, as she's sneaking into the house, quote, everything went to hell. Yeah. Things are going smoothly until they aren't. Yep. Chapter 11. We're with Manfred, who gets a sense that Olivia is in bad trouble and fighting someone, so he drives to Dallas as quickly as he can, calling Lemuel along the way. It's probably a good call. Like, vampires, you know? They deal with situations way better than humans. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, better? Like, More directly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just not your problem anymore. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Like, if you don't want it to be your problem, just call the vampire in. It's not your problem yeah. anymore. Oh, no, a tornado hit the house. <laughs> you never have to think about it again. It's probably better if you never think about it again. <laughs> Meanwhile, Olivia is trying to figure out the identity of the man who has captured her. He calls somebody named McGuire saying, I've got her. Olivia kills him and takes his phone. Yeah, it's, uh, she know immediately when she hears the name McGuire, she knows who this person is. Uh, because it, at, at first she's biding her time and, and waiting. But then at that point she, yeah, knocks him down and stomps on his throat. Yes, McGuire mm-hmm. is her father's right-hand man. Yes. Yes, but she makes it back to the motel. Lemuel is there. He has no idea why that guy was there and how he found her. But uh, she oh, does... neither of them have any idea why that guy was there or how they found her, Olivia. But she does hear the guy's uh, phone. Uh, she gets a phone call on the guy's stolen phone, uh, and hears the, a voice that she knows, and he calls her Isabel. Yeah. Which I guess might be her real name. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Lemuel seems to be aware of the whole situation in terms of like her dad and stuff. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem surprised by any of it. Yeah. And then I guess they, they bone. Like, that's, you know, yeah, important. Yeah, what's implied. Yeah, yeah. That's good, good boning. Yeah, vamp- <laughs> vampire D. They both just killed a guy? No, wait. She killed a guy and he covered it up. Yeah. So, yeah. it's time, time to get down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the foreplay. Chapter 12, Manfred is talking to Olivia. She thinks that her father's people saw her in the background of the news coverage about the deaths of those people she totally killed, like, a few days ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they figured out she'd been at the Goldthorpe house. It's not It's not real it's, clear. It's a bit of a stretch. It yeah. is. 
uh, something about oh, there's also something about like facial recognition software maybe maybe yeah I, I guess but yeah, the right. implication is her dad is like very rich and powerful and has ways of finding her and she very much does not want to be found I was astounded at how much information she gave Manfred like this is a very like unmidnighter conversation right yeah yeah like she's telling him everything everything yeah yeah, yeah she, she does she admit she killed those people yeah Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that she assumed that he already knew, and he already knew. So well, you know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, she she tells him the whole deal, and and I guess I guess maybe it's because she expects that maybe he's going to come after Manfred now. Yeah, she warns Manfred that her dad may come and check him out. Yeah, and you know, none of that would be ideal for the people of Midnight. No. Yeah. Olivia tells Manfred to hold a seance and ask Rachel or Morton to tell them where the jewelry is. I mean, in retrospect, that's a really obvious solution to this problem, right? <laughs> no kidding. Like, he, yeah. he, he, I mean, they were talking about the jewelry with her dead husband when this whole thing started, right? Yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing he does. Yeah. That's his thing. <laughs> the thing he does, yeah. indeed. So they're going to have a seance with Joe and Chewie. I, my, my first thought was like, what? Joe and Chewie? What? what? Why? Why not Fiji? Why, why not Fiji? That was like, she's like across the street and she's the most magical person they know, right? Mm-hmm. By now, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't choose Fiji. I, except and... Olivia doesn't seem to really like her. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. And everyone likes Joe and Chewie. Yep. Yep. Chapter 13 is Joe and Chewie. And yes, Jeff, like you mentioned, they just see ghosts all the time, every day. Oh. Yeah. The, the, they think it's weird when people don't. Yeah. I, think I guess that's why they're in Midnight. Like, at least there's only a few ghosts. <laughs> there's, a, there's a point right before this where... Uh, Manfred says something like, I'm not really sure what they are. And Olivia's like, they're gay. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's not a big deal, man. (laughs) They're just two nice gay guys, dude. Uh, But yeah, they also seem to see ghosts. And they both think that's normal. They both see ghosts and they both don't think that's a big deal. No. Yeah. Oh, I would hate that so much. Seeing ghosts all the time? Yeah. I mean, like, if I I imagine you get used to it, right? Would it? I mean, you know, history. Like, I you mean, do you have privacy? History? Like, can you can I mean, you poop without they don't ghosts see the, around? They don't see the well, ghosts see you. No, that's true. Did the ghosts see them? I guess the ghosts probably do. They, uh, probably, right? The ghosts probably don't want to go in the bathroom with you, right? Like, yeah, like, like it's as awkward for them as it is for you. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they miss <laughs> the earthly, <laughs> earthly experiences. I, honestly, I think pooping is probably not at the, high, the top of that list, right? You don't I, I mean, know. like eating a steak? Yeah, like, oh, I want to watch you eat some barbecue. Sure. There, there's fine. a lot of negatives to being restless, dead, cursed to roam the earth forever. But one of the positives, you don't got to waste time in the potty anymore. That's right. Uh, I mean, it's. Yeah, not, wouldn't be my first pick, right? <laughs> um, but they do like immediately accept the invitation for the seance um, and this, discuss their their powers. So I mean, like, I guess this is why they were chosen. They can see into the past as yeah. well. Yeah, that's right. They, which they, is super cool. They imply that they can just they just know the past all the time. Yeah, they yeah. can see into the past, and they they discuss though how Chewie will, as he says, go mad if he ever sees the future. So Joe promises he won't. So I guess that's a thing they yeah. can do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They also talk about Fiji. Uh, they mention her, is it her grandmother? Her aunt. Her aunt. That's mm-hmm. right. Her aunt Mildred, who's still haunting the house. And that Fiji is more powerful than anyone, uh, than any of her ancestors. Yeah. Um, Joe saw Mildred, Fiji's dead aunt, quote, letting Hattie Barnes in the back door. Uh, Wait. That's what he says. I, I think that, uh, you know, I don't know why I thought this, but my mind immediately filled in that Hattie Barnes was a black lady. Yeah. And then letting her in the back door. She was doing business with her. 
oh. in the old days. Oh, that was oh maybe. Oh. So because they, they said she's being progressive by oh, doing that. Oh, you're totally right. That, oh, that actually okay. makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah, I was yeah. very curious. I was like, is this like a spiritual backdoor? Is this like a in the past? Like, what's going on? Okay, no, that, makes that makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yes. So they have the seance. Rachel is summoned. It goes super well. It I was does. like, I was not expecting it to be this easy. Yeah. yeah. But they start doing the seance, and Rachel's just like, "Hey, how's it going? <laughs> sorry about my, sorry about my son, guys." Yeah. <laughs> the jewelry is in Morton's study inside of something. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't even think that they were a little bit rude. Like they just, there's no pleasantries, no thanks for joining us. Right. Yeah. It's sorry. Like, Where's sorry the jewelry? Favorite. Yeah. Where's yeah. the jewelry? That's yeah. like literally the first thing to say to her. Right. Yeah. She didn't. I mean. She's a good sport about it, but I, I, I think that's I think they could have done better with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also weirdly bummed me out because Manfred also uh, brought forth the spirit of an Indian woman who was trying to tell something, but nobody knows her language anymore, which really bummed me out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah, sad. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, so it goes really successfully, and they know to look at Morton's study. Well, except that they're interrupted by something mysterious, right? She says something like, I see the world. Yeah. And then vanishes. Yeah. What does that mean? They have a discussion about that. They're like, when they're this vague, like, is it because they're <laughs> on another plane of existence now? Or are they just trying to be ass <laughs> So we Sandra keep talking says, to them. They just do it to aggravate us. Yeah. <laughs> my, my two main theories. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. I love how people are impressed by Manfred's powers, but Joe and Chewie are like, whatever. We see that shit times a thousand all the time. <laughs> I mean, right? That's cute. Yeah. Well, I guess that they don't talk to them, though, right? Maybe that's the difference? Yeah. Probably by choice. I, I mean, what do they got to say, right? Uh, so the Olivia is very frustrated by the whole situation, but they and they all close by talking about the fact that uh, the kid is now growing. He's taller now, so mm-hmm. he's, he's he's continuing to get bigger, yeah. faster. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hey, that's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapters 14 through 19 of Day Shift, the second book in the Midnight Texas series. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars and learn about our other podcasts at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good, good night, night Falco. Falco. <laughs>